is up, rockers? We are back. The episode rockers. 130, episode 130 of the Grunge Bubble Podcast. My name is Ethan Shalloway, joined by Chris Salona. Um, we are a few kilos away from, a few few points away from my Hanklein Max, Chris, at 133, I think is my max in Hanklein. Really? 133? You, 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 haven't done, you haven't done 140 keys yet, huh? No, I don't think so. I think the We're most, it was right under... It's like right under 300 pounds. I mean, I should have did it this year, but I didn't really max, but that was back yeah. in Pittsburgh days. I think it was like 133. So a few more episodes because oh, yeah. this one is 130. Nice. Um, yes. As I said, my name is Ethan Shalloway, joined by Chris Salona, and this is the part of the episode where we ask how you're doing. So Chris, how are you, man? It's I'm Monday. good. I'm glad, you know, we're getting into PR territory here, which is always good. I have a little ways to go to get to mine. But Ethan, we've had a uh, we've had a hell of a last few days. Uh, we spent the last couple of days together. And as it stands, uh, today is the only day really that we have to record this episode, uh, which will be coming out on uh, September the 18th. Um, so it's just it's just one thing after another. You know, the tide ebbs and flows, you know, you get your low tide, your high tide and you know, there, there's a big wave coming in. We just have to kind of ride it out. But all things considered, I, I feel much more sufficiently recovered from uh, what we just uh, put ourselves through the last couple of days than I did earlier this morning when I woke up. So I'm, I'm feeling all right, like starting mm-hmm. to get back in the game a little bit. So how are you? I'm doing well. Um, awesome. I, you know, you said you we spent a few days to go together, but really it was, it was less just than one day. Hours. It? <laughs> it was Holy less than shit, 24 right. hours. Chris. So I got I got oh in at like 11:30 Saturday, and we were you're right. We, left we were town gone by 10. 10. <laughs> it was that was less than 24 hours. Wow, <laughs> I know. Pretty unreal. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot that what, went on. We were visited by the hat unreal. man. <laughs> You're visited by the hat man, both uh, physically and emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I got I got today moved. I was going to work today, but I got moved to tomorrow, uh, this job, because of the rain. So that was really nice because I didn't have anything to get up and do today specifically. Mm-hmm. Must be um, nice. The rest, the rest of the week will be busy. Um, so yeah, it's a good time to record a podcast. One week. We haven't done a Monday recording Feel like in a while maybe we yeah. probably have but it feels it's been like a while it feels like we've been we've been cutting it close every time and then we were like yeah this this will be good so we're, we're recording this on the 11th which uh episode 129 just came out uh this morning so we're getting getting ahead of it a little bit but this is as we say this is the time of the year we've got a lot of really really exciting things to talk about so uh this episode comes out the week that in utero celebrates its 30th anniversary so we'll be talking about that a little bit commemorating 30 years of nirvana's final studio album uh we're also going to get into this week uh this weekend that we spent together a little bit uh we saw some shows and we've got some uh some discourse and some discussion, some debate perhaps um, about crowd etiquette, um, you know, just about how you can conduct yourselves and the impact that the crowd can have on your experience uh, as we uh, we ran the gamut. But, um, you know, goes without saying that this show is possible. We've made it to 130 episodes with the help, the love and the support of everyone who listens and everyone who lends their money uh, or their time or their endorsement of this show to others. Uh, And that starts with the people that financially support this show. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this without their financial contributions. uh, And most notably, um, it is the people over on Patreon that sustain us. So we have a $2, a $5 and a $10 tier. Uh, You can choose any of those levels at which to support us. And each month, uh, a little bit of your money goes to us 
us to make sure that we can run this show, uh, that we can have this podcast up on the internet, on your streaming service, um, that we can use the subscriptions that we need to do this podcast every single week. Um, and we're very thankful for everyone that chooses to support us at that level, especially the top tier supporters who choose to give $10 per month uh, to help the Grunge Bible podcast roll. At the time of this recording, the $10 per month tier, uh, the members of that tier are Alexis Shannon, Jade Mercado, Carlene Salona, Laura Nyreen, Jamie Lynn, Fuck Soup, The Blue Owl, Doug Endy, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Rachel Corning, Millie, Kara Kay, Nikki Six, Chris LSMS, Black Hole Sean, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tendonitis, Alex Long, Captain Hightop, Brother Nature, Faith Bittner, Granny Grunge, Julie Van Siever, Epona, Corden Stewart, Keith White, Gochu John, D Boat, Eric Berry, Sherry Matthews, Pile of Punk, and Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce, who has the distinction of being uh, the top tier Patreon supporter who has seen a show with both of us. Mm hmm. Both of us, not separately, but simultaneously. We At were all the same together time, this past very weekend. recently on September the, the 9th. Yeah, 9 9. Nine, yeah, nine, so thank you everybody who chooses to support us. Uh, all levels equal uh, thanks I'm giving. Um, some people just you know want to give more, which is yeah. fine. And thanks and some to everyone of you out who's there. Purchased merch. Yep, and some of you out there are looking for that extra nudge. So here it is. Today's your day. Hop in there. Get you some skin in the game. A little five dollar action. Split the split the split the middle. You know. And and the thing is too, Ethan. So this episode's out on the 18th. So. Um, we're ten days away from the birthday zone for both of us. So if mm. you'd like to, if you'd like to Big wish time. us a happy birthday, um, you know, two dollars is is a pretty cheap birthday gift, but it will warm our hearts uh, more than sufficiently. So our, we yeah. we both uh, we share that the twenty eighth of September as a birthday. Uh, so that would be a lovely birthday present. So just just putting just putting it out there, you know, just putting it out there. It's a subtle little hint. You know, now I was thinking about it, Chris. You asked me how it was, you know. We also the NFL started, and you know, I'm a Chiefs <laughs> oh, yeah, fan. We gotta <laughs> I'm Fuck. a Chiefs fan, and you're you're a Patriots fan, and we're both in two fantasy leagues. And combined with all those three teams, there's six teams. My two, the two teams I manage, and then you know the Chiefs and yours. We went zero and six. Zero and six. This is, I mean, this got to be like this is gonna be the first time in history. <laughs> this is really tough. <laughs> um, I. Yesterday, I, hate it. I was I was really overtired. I'm not gonna lie, I was I was I was a little hungover, a little. My soul was worn a little thin, uh, and you know the losses just kept on coming. You know the Chiefs lost on Thursday to what I would I would say is an inferior opponent. Although it's early to tell, right? The the Lions could be very good. Um, the Patriots did what they've done ever since Tom Brady left. They put themselves in the hole. They remember how to play football. They make you believe a little bit, and then they just become completely ineffectual on offense, and then. You know, the fantasy football taking two losses in the same week, That's that, there were no redeeming factors for it, but yeah, um, it's a tough way to start the year. Right, yeah, but it's the first week. It's early. You know, stars kind of underperformed, a couple people overperformed, a lot of game tape, you know, a lot of preparation going, in, going into that first week, so I'm not <laughs> Absolutely. worried. Absolutely. Let's let the let the week start coming and see who shows up every week like we do, Chris. We don't miss. No, that's the and thing. We're still here, and we're done missing on on the football side of it. But we don't miss. That's why we're here. We do not miss. So, Ethan, I think it's time we discuss a little bit of in utero, and and uh, yeah. we did a a full album song by song review with uh, background on the album. Uh, we did an episode on that on this podcast 
way back episode number 45, which came out in January of 2022. Uh, it feels like it was much more recently than that. Um, so if you're looking to more properly uh, commemorate the anniversary of In Utero, now that it's the 30th anniversary, um, go back to that episode 45 that we did. If I remember correctly, I think we did a, a pretty solid job with that one. And I enjoyed doing that one quite a bit. Um, right. But the 30th anniversary, uh, that's that's really, really notable. And it's funny, when we first started doing this page, I remember we, we had a lot of 20s and 25s, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, 25 years since this. But like, we're just clicking them off for 30 years, which one's 31, 32, 33 years even. Um, a lot of time has passed um, greater than the amount of time that I've been on Earth. But 30 for the last Nirvana album, we're all we're all getting older. We are all getting older. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting when, yeah, the anniversaries go from 15 to 20 to 25 to 30. And um, I think, um, speak for both of us and say, I think we've said that this is our favorite album. Hands down. Yeah, Nirvana. that's my favorite Nirvana yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, want, I don't want to say it's not even close, but uh, this album has some um, some really great stuff on it. I mean, Serve the Servants have been on saying that's one of my favorite. Scentless Apprentice, Heart Shaped Box, if we're going down the line. You know, I know you like Francis Farmer. We'll have a revenge on Seattle. It's a good one, and they finish finishes out with you know all apologies. And there's a lot of really good a lot of really good tracks on here, um, and I think that it's you know it's a it's just a pure Nirvana kind of sound in a lot of ways. Like actually, I wanted to bring up uh, "Rape Me." I feel like that song it's not underrated because it's it's one of their better ones, but maybe some people don't like to say it's their favorite one. But right. I think that song is actually really, really good. It's a tough, you know, tough name. Maybe you know, it can be censored. Yeah, I mean, and it's, this it's and that, peak but, Nirvana though in terms but it's of the peak songwriting. Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and, and the interesting thing too is because like the the historical record of this song, and and also to a large extent the ex, not this song rather the album, and to a large extent you know the the objective of this album was to make something that was so abrasive and so. Um, opposite, I think of what of of what Nevermind was. You know, they had the, that conscious choice that they made. That you know, they brought in Albini, for example. They wanted to kind of make it a lot more abrasive and, and different. But man, like what we say all the time, I feel like when we talk about Nirvana, they wrote such great. I'm gonna say it, pop music, and and this album is no different. You know, the production was vastly different. Obviously, um, not quite at all near what they did with Nevermind, but it's perfect. And, 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 and the construction of the song shine through, I mean, you just named, you know, a few of the songs on there and it's just like hit after hit and powerhouse of a song after powerhouse of a song. Um, and you know, it's one of those things that like, I feel like it was harder for them to make bad stuff than it was for them to make good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like everything they put out was really, really solid. Definitely aged. Well, I think obviously that this band aged, uh, you know, I think really well. I guess it's 100%. tough for me to say because when I wasn't there for the initial right. explosion of them, and they were obviously really liked. But um, you know, when someone passes and when bands kind of disappear before their time, I think usually their stuff can uh, find its way back, and you you find a space for everything rather than, um, especially with a limit a limited catalog. You know, usually you can find stuff that um, you maybe normally wouldn't praise as much as you do, and. I find myself there. Like I'll, I'll listen to some random song um, throughout the albums and, and just be like, oh yeah, this song is really good. And, and yeah. probably a, a ton of people would not agree. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and I think the interesting thing for me as it relates to in utero, um, you know, this was, Kurt was, was fairly outspoken about the fact that this was kind of, uh, you know, he's, he, he said in an interview once that this was, this album was kind of the closing of the chapter of three chord grunge for the band. And, and he went on to say, you know, not to say that they wouldn't, they wouldn't play the old songs when they would play shows live, because obviously a lot of people really love and value the old songs, but they just felt, you know, that this was kind of like, the last drop out of the well of, of three chord, you know, grungy poppy type, you know, with the punk influences that they were doing. And, and for me, I think, you know, the opinions that people have on this album are tied hand in hand and they will be forever with the personal speculations that everybody has about, you know, what would have come next. And I, you know, around 93, when this album came out, um, you know, there was a lot of speculation and there was a lot of, uh, you know, press around it. And Kurt was like, I don't have any other material and I don't know how much truth there was behind that or whether it was like, I don't have any more good material, but like, you know, if this, if this tapped them out at the time, I mean, it's still, you know, if this was like their last ideas, you know, at the end of the book, um, this is still pretty incredible, but, uh, you know, you always can't help but think, but you know, it, it does feel like this was kind of the end and, you know, they had kind of said their piece, uh, through this sort of stylistic expression. Um, and this is, I think the perfect way to end like that style of songwriting and that, that type of playing that they had done, you know, for, for the, for the several years that they were active. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think that first out that the first the episode that we did on this uh, a while back, we did go fully, um, fully through the album, and I think we talked about how all all apologies being at the end of the album, being the last track, mm-hmm. and like you said, kind of the last, you know, when he says that he's out of material and and whatnot. Um, it's kind of fun. It's kind of nice that they made that the last track to kind of bookend everything because um, you know lyrically, I think we really like that one, and. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good performances as well of it. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, um, and, and something that I love with this album, um, the opening track and the closing track are just absolutely perfect. And I think they frame the time and place and the headspace that the band was coming from at this time, you know, with uh, the expectation of being this voice of a generation and all of the alienation that Gen X was enduring at the time and how Kurt was kind of thrust up as the spokesperson for all of that, you know, opening with uh, with Serve the Servants and that opening lyric, you know, teenage angst has paid off well, now I'm bored and old. Um, yeah. You know, I think like they were kind of at the forefront of that fatigue that a lot of people who loved their music would later feel as it relates to music and just to the world. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that foresight is 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 almost chilling, but not in like the foreboding sense, but it's just like, holy shit, like they, you know, they kind of they knew. Uh, and then to close it out with a song as delicate um, as all apologies and, you know, kind of the ringing out of all in all is all we are. I think it's just like mm-hmm. a fitting, a fitting book. And, and obviously at the time, I don't think anybody knew that this would be their last studio album, but I mean, the fact that like, that is the last studio track, um, you know, for Nirvana, you know, forever. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, that song takes on a new light, I think in, in the way that a lot of you know, for us in our lifetimes, when Chris Cornell died and when Scott Weiland died, a lot of their songs kind of take on a new light. Um, you know, after you lose an artist, um, I think All Apologies is one that you know I think was transformed because because of Kurt's untimely and 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 his death. You know, far before his time. Yeah, this song I feel like even if you're not a huge Nirvana fan, um, a lot of people really can enjoy this song and for what it is because it has a really nice, you know, really nice. 
riff if you will and, and kind of guitar guitar walk through the whole entire thing and like you said the ending is is uh it's really quite awesome um and yeah that beginning the beginning of the sentless apprentice or uh serve the servants that is yeah, that one me, me and andy we talk about that a lot um and it's interesting because yeah he's only like 26 27 when he probably thought of the lyrics definitely right um, obviously you know right after so he's you know, not that old and you know we're in the same uh, position we're not all that old um and so and then you talk to somebody else and, and who kind of lived you know you talk to people that are older and stuff and and they echo and that's why the, the lyrics always come through um to the older generation i guess i was like yeah like when time passes you know the teenage angst can only take you so far and then mm-hmm. uh it can be you know you gotta kind of move on you get bored and old that is well, it's interesting too because I feel like Kurt's writing uh, does a really good job of articulating like the ebbs and flows of of being in a weird way, like in your twenties. And and I don't know if this is naive or or otherwise unwise of me to say, but like I mean, I'm 26, right? And like there's times, I mean, depending on what what mood and what day you get me in, like sometimes I do feel quite old, which is really silly because you know a, a person who's in their 70s is like, well, you know, you have your whole life in front of you, uh, and you know, and certainly I haven't dealt with a fraction of the things that Kurt Cobain had to deal with in terms of being in the public eye and you know struggling with different types of uh, you know substance abuse and you know mental illness and what have you, and you know having a family. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done those things, um, but you know, it is, it's kind of one of those things too that I think at the time it's like, oh, like here's this really, really rich guy who's in his twenties and, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a kid on the way and he's wildly rich and wildly famous. Like, what does he have to complain about? Or what does he have to be unsatisfied about? Like, you know, that would do it for me. But I I really do think he was writing from a very earnest perspective. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, it's like, you know, if somebody tells you how they feel, you got to listen. Um, and, and I think Kurt was, was doing that at this time, certainly. So Ethan, I have to ask you within utero, um, I'm sure, if we went and listened back to the January of 2022 episode that we did on it, we also answered this question, but do you have a favorite from this one? Well, yeah, I think, um, in anticipation, maybe I got ahead of it. I'm going to pick rape me for uh, my favorite. Yeah. Um, obviously serve the servants. I usually use that one and say that one, right. but I don't say rape me. I, I love the ending to it. The way he kind of yells uh, back and forth with himself. And, and it has like, the, um, it just has, it's like, um, I mean, it's not like, you know, smells like teen spirit, but it also, I feel like it has that feel to it, but it's not, it smells like teen spirit. So I can, you know, you listen to it, you have a little, I have a little more tolerance to like listen to it. And, um, all, and I think it fits the album really well. And it's the aggressive Nirvana that we like. Um, I think Drew, <laughs> he probably doesn't, but I think Drew's favorite is very ape. I remember him saying that he liked that. That, that would be Drew's favorite. Because he was infatuated with apes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I want to throw that in there that maybe very ape is uh, up there for him. <laughs> uh, how about amazing. you, Chris? Uh, I'll tell one? you, every, I'm, I, I'm sure this was the same answer that I gave. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, someone might prove me wrong. But I've, I've been big on the, the Francis Farmer train uh, for a long time. And, um, you know, the, the chorus of I miss the comfort in being sad. That's something that. I think having having gone through like a couple of years ago, like the first adult experience I had of being incredibly unhappy uh, for a longer than I would have liked period of my life uh, and like looking back and, and experiencing like the holy shit, like, why are you romanticizing that period in your life? Like, stop, get away from it. Like, there's nothing good back there for you. But um, 
Yeah, that lyric is it'll always stick out to me because you do catch yourself sometimes being like, you know, looking back at those moments. But um, I think it's good to look back. It's not it's not good to, you know, desire to return uh, to those areas. You got to keep moving forward. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it also it's just, it's just a great Nirvana song. I mean, the, the conventions of writing that they had um, mm-hmm. so, so talented and the way they played uh, fucking great. Look back in wonder. Yeah. yeah don't look the, back uh, in anger. <laughs> yeah. Don't look back in anger. Um, yeah. I always say like, yeah, don't the comfort of being sad and like, and misery loves company is another one that like, that, Absolutely. That, those, those like few words, like I think about often and like, it can be so, uh, well, the misery loves company. Like when you're hanging out, if you're hanging with the wrong people, you know, they can really bring you down and like, totally, it, it totally yeah, it shines through or like, if somebody is really down, it, it's so easy to get caught in everything that's going on mm-hmm. um, around you until you, so until you remove yourself or kind of put you in a space so you can, where you don't feel those pressures and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's, it's a good line. Good line. It's always out there. You just want to, you know, try your best not to, not to look that, you know, look it directly in the face or, you know, make, make too long of eye contact with it. You gotta, you gotta keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, but listen, I mean, Penny Royalty's on here. You got uh, people forget the Penny Heart, Royalty is box on this. and dumb. I know people forget Penny Royalty. Yeah. That one's a good one, obviously. That one's yeah, really fun. Uh, and dumb acoustic. too. Dumb's on yeah. there too. Got the the cello so coming in. Yeah. So basically, with the 30th anniversary here, I think it's time you pick up in utero and probably not put the CD in, but you're probably just gonna put your headphones in, listen to it right from the uh, yeah. the Bluetooth. So. Go ahead and give it a listen and uh, go through the whole album, you know, right make on. it through, get to the end, go from that first lyric to the final lyric, mm-hmm. little bookends and, uh, you know, maybe just uh, see how it makes you feel. Maybe take extra notice, see if you can sense something different. If not, that's totally fine. Yeah. But you never know. Let the music speak. Exactly. And, you know, for some people, you know, if it's been a while since you've listened, you'll have entirely different feelings than other people. If it's been a while since you've listened You'll listen and you'll remember the exact same feelings that you had when you first listened to it uh, or when you really, really listen to it quite frequently. So it's interesting to see kind of how that happens, because I know for me, I have some albums that, you know, it immediately makes me remember. But then, you know, other albums that other songs or other artists even, you know, it kind of evolves as I evolve. And that's the gift. You, know, you never know where, where, where this art and where these songs are going to take you. And the important thing is just to kind of, you know, let them take the driver's seat, you know, bring them bring them where you're supposed to go. All right, so the next uh, order of business we have, I believe, is going to be talking about some some concert venue etiquette, maybe, and just a little story time, because now we went to a, technically it was a festival. It's tough when it's a day festival, so it was basically just a bunch of bands played together, um, you know, all on one stage, but we had some rain, so they were kind of going inside and outside at the Electric Factory. They changed the name to Franklin Music Franklin Hall. Franklin Music Hall, but we don't call it the Franklin but Music we don't, Hall. Yeah, but no one, no, one, no one really calls it that. If you um, had seen shows at the Electric Factory, you got to keep that name. It's historic. Soundgarden played there, you know? like They, they, all, they, they all came they through all, at different yeah, they points. All, they've I mean, all played there. So. It's a great venue in Philly. So we were at uh, the Loneliest Place on Earth Fest, which was, uh, uh, it was an idea, and it was executed by the Wonder Years, who are a pop-punk band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, greatest city in the world. Um, so oh, they're, yeah. com- they're commemorating the 10-year anniversary of their album, uh, The Greatest Generation, which came out in 2013. 
2019. And, you know, they, they're, they're kicking off a tour currently. Uh, that was the first show on the tour in earnest, um, you know, where they're, they're playing that album front to back and they're playing a second set that also kind of spans their career. So they started it in their hometown with a big old, big old afternoon of music. You know, they brought, I think, seven other bands with them uh, to play, you know, on various stages at, at the Electric Factory. Um, and Ethan, uh, I was I was going down, uh, you know, a couple of my friends um, are really, really big Wonder Years fans. And, and I know I've talked about them on the show before. Um, so we had made plans to come to go down to Philly, you know, from from New England uh, and, you know, spend a couple of days, go out, you know, reconnect with some people that live down there and go to the show on Saturday. And, you know, it just so happened that you were, uh, you know, you were in your hometown, not too far from Philadelphia. So, you know, we got on the horn and, and made sure that you were able to get there. And uh, I'll tell you, man, you came through. Uh, you always do. Uh, and I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you were able to be there. Um, and, you know, we were kind of able to have, you know, another experience, uh, experience like that mm-hmm. together. Cause that's, that's what it's all about, man. Like, uh, it was funny. I was doing a Q and a, like, just cause I was bored on the car ride to Philly and people kept asking me, like, I had three questions and it was, what's the meaning of life? People asking me on the grunge Bible Instagram page and like, I think it's, it's just to, just to do cool shit and like spend time with your friends. Like that's pretty much it. Like <laughs> that's the meaning of life. <laughs> that was it. Like just do cool stuff and have fun and. And, and, and just laugh and, and be happy, you know, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so we were able to go, uh, to the loneliest place on earth festival together. That was your first time seeing the wonder years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first time. Awesome. First time. And, um, yeah, so, uh, there was some rain, right. And so you said some bands went in inside, outside, we got there on seven and the, we saw three bands before they came on. And uh, they were kind of going in and out. And basically everybody, everybody played inside and then the Wonder Years played outside, which I think was really good because then they could be set up and they started right at nine, which if they had to do the changeover, there would have been, you know, maybe some, you know, it wouldn't have worked out. But they timed it out really well. And the two bands leading before them, was it Sweet Pill? Sweet and Pill and Origami Angel. Origami Angel. Yeah. Origami Angel was a two-person band and they were yeah. really sick, they way heavier. They fucking ripped. They were yeah, awesome. they were really... They were really solid because it's not easy to do the, the two man thing, and then um, same with Sweet Pills. It was uh, that was a lot of fun, and it was you know the pits started opening up and whatnot, and it looked like the crowd. Like I could tell, the crowd was pretty, you know, the crowd was into it, and they were pretty heavy, and like you know really liking the mosh and what and whatnot, and and we were kind of going back and forth, and uh, you know as far as like. We, I was with you a little bit, then I'd go in the pit, and the group was kind of separated for a little bit. Yeah, because um, well, we didn't know when where the next was, band was going to be inside or outside, yeah. um, because we didn't know what the weather forecast, and, and nobody really announced anything. So it was kind of like a weird element. I think there were people outside that would have been inside if they had known, and then there were people inside that were maybe thinking about going outside, but they didn't know. Um, so it was, it was, it was a really strange. The vibes were weird for a little bit. Uh, just trying to get situated. And, and I know like we had already had a pretty long day too uh, that was full of a lot of different things. Like it was just kind of like, I feel like everybody was just kind of like searching to get their footing uh, and kind of get their equilibrium back. But it was hard to do because everybody, you know, for all intents and purposes, they were there to see the Wonder Years and we didn't know what stage the Wonder Years were going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, there were people that wanted to camp out and make sure that they were in the front. Right. But then like once the show began, it, it didn't really matter. Uh, cause it started and, um, yeah, we got right into it. There was a massive push that basically pushed up like, it was like eight rows of people just scrunched into the front eight rows. It was very intense. That initial push where, and then you just start swaying back and forth 
And it went on. And I remember like I was switched, I was like, it's going to, you know, it's going to cool down. Like it's going to be, just give it like a song or two. But it like right. the first like three songs, like people were very like trying to figure out like how the concert's going to stand. Like how could you even stand in there? And then yeah. a couple of our buddies, like they got like kicked in the face and their glasses came off and they had to move and watch from the side, I believe. Yeah, one of our friends broke, had his glasses broken because he got kicked like immediately. By, <laughs> yeah, immediately. Somebody else losing a hat. I saw a couple of people with cuts on their faces. Like uh, also really, unfortunately, I think a lot of people got a little, little, little nervous when the show started and that crush started and they had to get out of the pit. Um, Ethan, you're much more experienced in pit environments than I am. Um and when people always, you know, people ask like, oh, like what's like the craziest pit you've been in? Like it's a badge of honor. And like, that was it for me. Like that was like a pretty yeah. intense environment as far as pits go. I think it had yeah. all of the elements to be unsafe at times, um, which is a bummer. And we're going to get to this question if, you know, your pit experience can kind of ruin the show because like the band was awesome. Like I fucking love the Wonder Years. I've seen them five times. I'm seeing them three more times over the next month. Um, but it was the, the vibes were, the vibes were tough. The vibes were tough oh, yeah. in that pit. Yeah. The vibes were the pit. I mean the pit vibes. Yeah. It was, it was a little off. So my, for my experience, um, and with this type of band, so they said they're pop punk or, you know, punk emo and, uh, they have a lot of, they have slower stuff too. And I think that's where, and, and they also kind of appeal to, you know, uh, a different demographic. Like if we're going to see Slayer or Metalhead, like right, the people like naturally, I feel like the people are there's like a bigger people and little, even more. Aggressive. You know what like you're getting into. Yeah, those guys like the people there were were drunk, kind of and like Philly and like wanted to be in a pit. But like I was, I mean, I'm like six three, like two twenty. There wasn't many people. Like there was like a four four of the people that were like bigger than me. So the pit was, you know, very aggressive, but it wasn't like. I don't know. Those the, I've been in some crowds like with some heavier stuff where like the guys are bigger. Everybody's just way more like physically, mm -hmm. uh, you know, aggressive or physically. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, prominent. I yeah, guess. of of, of so stature. It's, it's more, I guess. Yeah, it's more danger. Like, like I feel like um, it probably wasn't as many injuries as I thought there would be because yeah. it was it was pretty it was pretty hectic in there like the entire time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so um, but that was that was that was pretty that was really aggressive from the stuff that i've been into for sure okay it was I, I mean, okay because like, like, i never was. like i always get nervous like to i never felt unsafe like though. That. i never right. felt unsafe though but like i said i'm bigger and yes. i felt like there's been like i got in like I, i'll get into it i'm you you saw me and like the yeah, guy absolutely. saw me like, i get into the middle and stuff because i know that like people are going to bounce off of me mm -hmm. i've been to shows where i'm like i'm not getting in the middle there because I, right. I get punched in the face and I'll literally get knocked out by these guys. Yeah. So I never felt like really unsafe, but it was like people were, people were acting outside of like what they, uh, they, yeah, people were going crazy. It yeah, was they, they were. Like, like, I can, was see, I can see how shit happens, you know? Yeah. Um, yes, of course. And like there's people were crowd surfing the entire time. And when you get crowd surfing going, like I said, the the band has songs that people want to, you know, listen to the lyrics and kind of be involved more versus like when people, there's a really heavy show. They Try just want to do the, do the pit stuff. Yeah. Right. So the problem is it really inter interferes with songs that like people are trying. Cause then you gotta, you gotta always have your hand like above your head. Yeah. You know, I'm always kind of like right here with your hands by your, you know, by your face. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's the problem with like an over aggressive kind of, uh, for a band like that one. Yeah. 
you know, it well, ruined it, the it was songs that people were looking forward to. Yeah, it was know. tough too because like right behind the circle was where a lot of people were launching, you know, launching into the sky and like every, the, to the crowd people was, that were not right. The crowd was always lurching forward. And like, I was, I was probably like three or four rows, you know, quote unquote from the front, from the rail. And like, it was so tight up there that like, I saw the people coming and like, it was our job to like, you know, get our hands on and like bring them, you know, across the rail. Um, but like you're, you're packed so tightly together that if your hands were by your side, you physically could not get them up because there was nowhere to go. And like, I felt really awful because I'm like, well, shoot, like somebody has got to get hands on this person to make sure they don't fall. And like, I saw people around me, like a couple people fell, you know, from, from, from coming over the top. And, you know, that's always very unsafe. Um, but I think it was just, it was just an accumulation of things where like, I don't think there was like people made a conscious choice to engage in assholery. You know, it was just like, it was a long day. The weather was kind of crazy. Like people probably a little strung out from like drinking all day. Um, it was mm -hmm. the last set, the one that you're there for. It's really exciting. It's a huge Philly show, like the biggest one, like, um, you know, but for me, like, you know, when I wasn't kind of making sure that like people weren't falling around me, like you, you looked at the band and like, you could tell how much it meant to the band to play, you know, their home city, you know, on, on such a big occasion to commemorate, you know, their, you know, their best or most meaningful album. And that was really, really cool. Um, and I'm oh, excited yeah. that I get to see this tour three more times, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> less intense atmospheres, um, but man, like the I'm music, sure it'll be way music, better. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. The music, I mean, the music will be great. Um, the crowd I think will be better. So now the, the question is, Ethan, in your opinion, can a crowd ruin a show? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, did, I mean, after this concert, like there was a group of like eight of us and, uh, I, you know, one of yours is like really, I really like them and stuff, but I hadn't seen them before. I didn't really expect anything to say, um, and I also enjoy like some moshing, but like it ruined it for, for people in our group. It was so, funny like, because we all came flat back. out. Like, yeah. They didn't, like, like, I, I think it's, like, yeah. Like, I think it's fair to say that like, I am a bigger Wonder Years fan than you are. And a lot of the people in our group were exponentially bigger Wonder Years fans than me. Right. Um, like we're right. talking like having seen like 20 plus shows of them. Yeah. And like, it was funny because like, we weren't able to have the conversations during the show, obviously, but like afterwards, like, like I've seen shows with these people before, like seen Wonder Years and like you debrief, they right? And like everyone like came and it's like, so how was it? And like, we all kind of like looked at one another. I was like, well, <laughs> not great. <laughs> yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah. That was he's like that was the worst show that I've seen of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah. Like, it's... So 100. percent I mean, if you're going in wanting one thing and it's totally different, I mean, you it is totally not enjoyable. I mean, like I said, really similar thing happened to me uh, that free block party show in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like I said, the Panic of the Disco came on. They're not a heavy band, right? But the crowd. It was a free show. People were showing up to get drunk on a Saturday in Philadelphia. There was a free concert with a couple bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you go, go in there and see what's up. And uh, absolutely, you know, just pushed everybody. It was way too tight, just like up against, you know, people and, and it ruined it. And, and then, I mean, I, would, I didn't really expect much for Panic at the Disco, but right. it really, you know, stuck the fork in them for me. I, I, I hated them after that. <laughs> I was like, screw them and their, and their followers, but it wasn't mm -hmm. even their followers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that, I think the crowd can easily yeah. take it away and make it less, yeah. <laughs> less. Well, fun. I think in the word, it's just one of those things that, you know, in the words of Durst, it was just one of those days, which is fine, you know, because I, most of the four other shows that I've, I've seen, like the crowd at the wonder year shows have been like, so 
unbelievably kind and like supportive and like just good natured. Um, and this one, you know, it's hard to believe <laughs> it's just, just not one of those days, but you know what? Like uh, we were talking after the, and one of our friends kind of made the point. It's like, you know what? This show was for the band. Like, you know, they're, t- they're kicking off, like the, they, they made this festival happen. You know, they're kicking off the 10th anniversary tour. Like they didn't think they'd, you know, make it two years, let alone 10, let alone 18. Uh, you know, this one was for them. Uh, so I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, like the first four that I've seen of them, you know, those were for me, this one's for yeah. them. And, you know, I've got three more this year and, you know, maybe a couple of those will be for me, one of them for them, or, you know, we'll see. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was an experience. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I went though. And I'm glad that we were all there together. Well, let me have uh, two things. One, um, do you think that, and it's funny cause I asked PD, like, you know, when you can tell if your crowd is really drunk or really yeah. rowdy, like, do you think that he, you know, when he sees that, like he, it, that was what he was looking for slash like, he, you know, that makes as a, as someone playing up front, like how into it, the band, everybody is in, do you think he was like pretty happy with it? Cause it was, um, if he was, you know, playing, you know, the response basically, like, right. he, he spoke a lot and people were responding. Yeah. I, I think like the natural breaks were really important. And like he was, he was talking in between some songs and, you know, on the greatest generation, there's a song that they play acoustically called Madeline, which was very important that an acoustic song came out at that point in the set to kind of, you know, get everybody down a little bit. And I, it's also difficult too, because like, I think when, when I was in it, like, I, I don't know. I feel like people, myself included, might have the tendency to like recall it as being much more dramatic and intense as it might've been. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure artists, I mean, these guys have been playing, you know, for 18, 20 years of their lives. I'm, I'm sure they, they can tell, you know, what, what's, what's kind of going on. So I think that they were intentional about kind of like, you know, talking in between some songs and everything, um, which was really good. And, and, and he's always soupy, the, the lead singer, like he's always been a really good steward of the crowd. Uh, and, and I think, you know, some of those breaks and like talking points, I think were intentional for that. So I, I appreciate that. And the other question I was going to say and ask is, do you, do you regret standing as close as you did? So it's always a question because I'm like, you know, I could stand further away and just not have to deal with any of this, but I'm like, yeah, but then I won't be at the front. So I gotta be at the front. Like for me, you just make the choice. Like I, I am going to view this show from here. Uh, and from like this area, like I would like to, I would like to be here. Uh, And it's, it's part of the experience, you know, um, I, it's, it's, it's good to be, you know, to be in stuff like that sometimes, as long as, you know, you're safe in the end and, and the people around you are safe. And, and, you know, I think we all were, um, you know, so we luckily like I'm, I'm sturdier than, you know, some of the smaller people in, in the pit. And Ethan, can we, can we talk about, can we talk about that, <laughs> that, that young lad who was, he, he must've crowd surfed 20 times. What no, do we think? I, I, I bet you like close to a hundred. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There was this, there was like thir- this 13 year old boy. I think he was younger. Was like, yeah, he may I think have he was been. like 10 he or 11. Was, he was like skinny jeans, skinny ripped jeans, you know, etnie shirt, whatever, you know, a little dyed hair off to the side, you know, hundred mm-hmm. pounds. And he would just be in crowd surfed. And the reason I say this, I mean, I, I crowd surfed during the show, got up yeah. there cause we were talking about it. Got you guys to hold my phone, went up there, you know, they gave me a water, put me out. Great. And it was right before the first set. And then the little guy came and right ran before the first asked, set ended. Yeah. First yeah. set before the ended. And I asked the security guy, I was like, how many times has he came through? And he said, he said 12 to 15, but 
Then for that song, he came through another three times. Because that's like an eight-minute song. The last song on that album is like eight minutes long. Yeah, but he still that was that was like three or four times in that one song, and he was up. And I went through another when I was in the pit. I saw him go up three times during one song. So if they played, you know, how many songs do you think they played? They played for two hours total. Yeah, they probably they probably played like twenty-two songs. I would say. Yeah. I think he went up at least an average of two times per song. So he's, <laughs> so he's, he's over pushing, 50. He's almost pushing 50. Every time I look, he's definitely there he over was. 50. He yeah. definitely was over 50. I mean, it was the safest place for him to be in the air. Yeah, you're you're honestly right. It was the safest place. It was place just funny. They like, ran by, he grabbed a water, drank a little bit, and yep. like all of a sudden he just get back up back there. And again. it was like into the flood again. Dude, one time he came up and I was just like, send him back, send him back. And I pushed him like back. <laughs> And then naturally he made his way to the front and this girl turned. I was like, don't send him back. He's just going to keep going. Or like, don't send him back. And I was like, someone's got to stop all of this. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Right. But overall, but was, that was, that was great. And we surrounded, we surrounded the show uh, with a lot of, uh, there was a lot of new lore being written um, throughout, you know, it, it's always great. You know, if you listen to last week's episode, you know, you're aware of the legend of Eddie Fainer. Uh, we were yeah. able to share that with our friends. Uh, we were able to share the legend, uh, of canned heat with some of our friends. Uh, we were able to get into roof ball a little bit. Um, we got into the, you know, we, I, you know, for, in a lot of ways we, we met the hat man, uh, you know, <laughs> and we kind of explained, you know, the legend of the hat man to a lot of people and, you know, how Kim Thiel has seemingly gotten, tied up in a lot of this stuff for us but you know it's one of those times ethan like we've kind of made the decision like whenever we get to see one another like if it's for like if it's not just like a day trip you know if there's like a night of sleep involved like it just goes out saying like you get as little sleep as possible you just you just stay up you know you drink you you do whatever you need to do uh and you you just you know you just you just have fun you know so i'm glad that we were able to do that yeah yeah it was a lot of fun yeah, the hat man was the newest one, man. The hat man came through and, and uh, yeah, <laughs> we tried to watch a bunch of YouTube videos and trying to summon summon the hat man. Absolutely. <laughs> That's so, so funny. Yeah, but, we'll be back. Yeah, it was really, it's always really fun to have uh, just time to see you. And I think we will be, the next time we see each other, we'll be in November, which we'll be seeing the front bottoms together yeah, in Alabama we will, before going to um, our friend's wedding in Charleston. So that'll be really sweet. Right on, man. I've I'm excited. I've uh, I haven't seen a show in Birmingham, obviously. Um, I've never been to Charleston, so um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I've also never gone to one of my friends' weddings with you, so that'll be check that check that one off the list. Um, That's so crazy. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really good. But um, yeah, it was a fitting first Philadelphia show for me. I think we were yeah, in the I'd land so. the that land was... of Schwarber. I've yeah, you said I've been I've been to a few shows in Philly, and, and usually the crowd can it just. Is way different in the Birmingham crowds. It's the city, city to city is so different. I don't want to sound snobby, but like I think Boston has really good crowds. I think the crowds in Boston, like they're 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 very drunk crowds, but they're not belligerently drunk. At least in my experiences with the shows that I've been to, Um, so I will hang my hat on that. I'm a part of that ecosystem. That's good. I believe you. It's. I mean, I believe you. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get you up here, man. I know, I know. Hopefully for the PD show, that's what, yeah. that's what I was thinking. That's gonna be tough. That's a week after the wedding in Charleston. It's the following yeah. weekend. Yeah, I think I have something that weekend actually. So right. if it's we'll the figure. week after, then it's gonna be really difficult. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, so I've got I've got a pretty busy uh, 
a pretty busy week of shows coming up. So this is September 11th. We're recording this on Monday. Um, on September the 14th, which is Thursday, I see a thousand mods uh, in Boston at my favorite venue, uh, the Middle East downstairs. Uh, and then this weekend, I see the Wonder Years once again. I'm, I got a little, little bachelor party weekend scenario uh, going on in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'll see them again when I get off the plane. And then the following night, next week, I see the Brian Jonestown Massacre in Boston too. So that would be a fitting end to this like mini concert and friendship so, and fellowship bender that I've been on. Whose idea? So this is not with... Eddie Vedder got my sec- got me through my second divorce. So no, seen, I'm not seeing not any shows right. with. I'm not seeing any shows of the ones that I just mentioned with Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce. So you'll be in Atlanta. Whose idea was it to see a Wonder Years show? Was it yours then? No, it was not mine. It is the groom to be who loves the Wonder Years, but because of where he works and where he lives in the country, he has like the worst. Um, yeah, yeah. The worst experience, like, like if like they're touring here, he's over there. If they're touring there, like he's over there, over here. So like he's never been able to see them, and he's a really, really big Wonder Years fan. Um, so I don't think he's seen them in quite some time. So um, I think it just so happened that they picked Atlanta as the uh, the bachelor party weekend spot. Maybe the best man did. I don't know. Uh, I received the invite, and I was told, you know, a part one of the activities will be going to a Wonder Years show. So I mean, sign life? me up. I'm in. Easy enough. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Nice and simple. It's fun so to that's do. That's what we're uh, going to be doing. Away concerts, away shows, you know? Yeah, exactly. A nice little road, road games, trips. road yeah, shows. See how, see how I play on the road, see how my skills translate to other exactly. fields. So exactly. that'll be good. But once again, Ethan, another quality weekend in the books. Uh, and I think another yeah. quality podcast episode uh, you know, about to be rubber stamped and sent out into the world. Uh, we thank you all for uh, taking the time to listen uh, to this episode. As we said, you know, play some in utero this week. Uh, get out to some shows. You know, it's, that's where you have fun because I guess that's the meaning of life. Just do cool stuff and have fun. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, store up some memories. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Chris, uh, do you want to do song of the week? Yeah, I think we, we should out? do song of the week. Yeah, right now. It, it just started to um, just started to rain a little heavily where I'm at. So, uh, you know, I think it might make its way into the recording, but that's a Drew problem. That's that's not me. Oh. Uh, that's the ambiance so. of the show. Yeah, that's Absolutely. totally fine. So my song uh, so, of the week. Yeah, can I go? Yeah, you're up. You, yeah, you go I'm first. I'm excited. I, I, go, I, am, I am going to pick a... Um, a song from the greatest generation, uh, the wonder years. And I'm going to pick, I just want to sell out my funeral. Um, it is the final song on the album. Uh, it is the one where that, that young lad went over the top like seven times. Um, it's a really, really great song. I love it when artists do this, but it calls back to a bunch of songs that appeared earlier on the album, uh, whether it be the melodies or the lyrics or the concepts or the characters in different songs. And it kind of kind of ties it all together, you know, a big theme of the record. So it's a really, really great song. Uh, it's a long one. You can really get into it. And um, yeah, man, I, I just love this band. Uh, I've, they're the band that I've seen the most live. Uh, and I'm running up the score a little bit because I'll see him three more times this fall. Um, right. But that's what it's about. You know, you got I think everybody should have those bands. It's like if they're within X miles of my house, um, you just buy a ticket and you just figure out the plan. So that is that is um, that's one of those bands for me, the Wonder Years. So that's going to be my song of the week. Uh, what about you? I think I'm going to also that's a good song. That's one of my favorites by them, I think, as well. I think I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say the song that I wanted to hear over the weekend that I did not get to hear. It's Cigarettes and Saints. 
And that's nice. off the No Closer to Heaven album, which mm-hmm. I think came like two years after, uh, 2015. And um, yeah, this song, um, I had it sent to me randomly uh, from a friend who had just lost their brother like a year oh, before. Jesus. Yeah. And, it, you know, he was, he was young. I mean, he was maybe 30 or something, but like, you know, battled some, you know, drug abuse and whatnot. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, I just remember her saying how much it meant to her and like the beginning and I listened to it and like yeah, the beginning was just so so much and like they're a really close family to us too so it was, it was a tough loss for everybody and it was just like such a uh, very strong I mean it was just the lyrics just got to me like immediately yeah and then obviously the song progresses and gets big and uh, just a really really solid song and always has always has really good meaning. So I was really hoping to hear that because that would have been an easy one for me to shed a tear, but yeah, you know, who, who knows how, what it came out, if it would have been on that show. So maybe it's good. I save it for my next, for, I guess in two years, they'll do a 10 year anniversary for that album <laughs> yeah, or something. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, lo- so I love that it. song. I've, I've, I've yeah. cried uh, listening to that one live before. So <laughs> that gets yeah. my seal of approval. Yeah. That's a really fucking heavy song, especially, you know, having a it personal, personal connection to the subject matter. So two great songs from the wonder years. Um, I have to say, I think the wonder years are probably, they're probably the band that has been mentioned the most on this podcast. That's not uh, grunge or grunge related. It's either got to be the wonder years or, or PD, right? Yeah. Or the front bottoms. Yeah. The front bottoms yeah. So we've got like a big four. The beginning was modest mouse. You know, maybe we were, talking mod- about we were big mouse. on the modest mouse. We still have to do an episode on modest mouse. I'm still know, jonesing for that. I'm, I'm jonesing with, with curiosity. We'll do yes. with PD. Yeah. That would be good. Hopefully we can make um, that happen. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's make that happen. And yeah, I, I think you're right. The wonder years come up like a ton. People are probably listening. It's like, Jesus Christ, shut up. They don't know what we're talking about. Go listen. Yeah. Find Go out. Go listen. You'll learn what we're talking about. I used to not like pop punk either. I used to think it's too fast. It's, it's no good. They're just yelling <laughs> and they're too weirdly riffy. But you know what? You got to have an open mind. Uh, and you got to, like we said about In Utero, you got to let the music take you where it knows you need to go uh, because you're always going somewhere. So let it happen. It's going to be good mm-hmm. for you. Well, Ethan, just about wraps are all up. Yep. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks everybody for listening. And we will see you same time, same place next week. Um, And we'll try to do better as we do every week. Rock and roll, gang. See ya.